Welcome to the Paul Bunyan Podcast. It's literally our first podcast in a month. Good thing nothing has happened in that month. So that's it. Good night, everyone. Just kidding. On the other side, we have football, basketball, a little hockey, hell, maybe even pickleball. Let's go. Michigan State football wrapped up their recruiting class by signing everyone who remained committed, as well as they added a few uh, high-profile transfers. Real quick, I'm sorry. (laughs) I really wondered where you were going there when you were like, Michigan State signed everyone. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, 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 everyone was committed. It's been a little bit of a an up and down tumultuous recruiting class. Same for Michigan too. Like. Yeah. But it, if you sign everyone, I think you win. Uh, oh yeah, day. for sure. <laughs> everyone who was available signed with Michigan state. Um, but first I'm going to talk a little bit about Michigan state hoops. Um, they've had a couple bad losses on the resume at this point, but they've also had a couple very good wins. And I think that's just kind of the season that we're in for in East Lansing is, this is a team that can beat anybody. This is a team that could damn well lose to anybody. And that's what Tom Izzo told them after they won at Penn State. Or it might have been after they lost at home to Northwestern, which is a bad loss. Oh, yeah. um, But he said, you look at the tape and we know that we can beat everybody. But you look at the tape and who are we really better than? And I think that's a really good way to put it. And... They had a, a blowout loss at Notre Dame, 70 to 52. I didn't put too much stock into that one. I didn't uh I, I feel like I know Michigan State is better than that showing. I think that was a, a culmination of no Malik Hall, no Jaden Akins coming back from Portland. Notre Dame really has had at that point hadn't played anybody, hadn't had to travel, and real just they had a crazy good night offensively. I I I was upset at the blowout loss, but that wasn't one that had me worried. What had me worried was later that week when they came out flat against a bad Northwestern team at the Breslin Center, and I had to watch Boo Booey go off again against Michigan State, which just it's death taxes and Boo Booey just <laughs> destroying the Spartans <laughs> and having the funniest name ever. And it, it's so funny because it's like, that's the silliest name to curse. Be like, boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's way better than Con. <laughs> it sounds like the Howard Stern show. Bully, 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 Howard Stern's. Anyway. And that, that had me concerned because uh, as bad as Northwestern is, I, I think Penn State's a pretty good team this year. And they've showed it since the Michigan State game by going on the road to Illinois and winning by 15. Uh, their only losses uh, up to this point were a two-point loss to Virginia Tech on a neutral court, uh, double overtime loss at Clemson, and then the loss to Michigan State at home. 
And I was really proud of Michigan State's effort against Penn State, particularly A.J. Hogard, who I believe I said didn't have the greatest Portland uh, or Phil Knight Invitational. But he, he has responded well since they've gotten back closer to home, uh, particularly close to home for him because he's a Philadelphia kid going to Penn State. Uh, let me pull up his stats here. A.J. Hogard had 23 points and six rebounds and his turnovers and two turnovers. Penn State, mm, excuse me, okay. uh, right now is uh, 34th on Penn, Ken Palm. They usually will get you a seven seed. Yeah. So um, do you expect them to go up, down, or stay in the middle going forward? Uh, Penn State has some good athletes when you look at their roster. I expect them to go up. I believe if they're 34, then winning at Penn State is a quad one win. Yep. Yeah, it is. Uh, they don't have th- – last year they had one of my favorite players in John Hara, um, but they still have Miles Dredd, who somehow is still in college. I feel like <laughs> we've been talking about him forever. He had a really good game, I think, two years ago against yeah. Michigan. Same with Seth Lundy. Seth Lundy's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. He's still really good. I mean, he's 6'6 and 220, and he plays guard. Um. Andrew Funk is a great shooter. He showed that against Illinois. And then uh, Jalen Pickett is somebody who's really come on strong this year and made Penn State a good team. So to go on the road and uh, answer back from that bad loss to Northwestern, and really the two bad losses when you factor in the Notre Dame game as well, uh, I think that really showed what this team was made of. And then to finish off that week, they beat Brown 68-50. to That's not really too much to talk about from that game because you know it, it was brown the main talking point was like that was the end of the basically after that game they had a break like they played oakland on the 21st and then they play buffalo on the 30th so they they got a break after that game which was very badly needed and uh doug wojcik's son paxton paxton wojcik uh played 36 minutes and got 10 points so that was kind of special for him well, I didn't realize that Penn State beat Illinois on the road. Too. Yeah, fifteen points too. Like yeah. it, they they really handled them. Yeah. Uh, another note from the the Brown game was Joey Hauser having another another twenty point game, going nine of thirteen from the field. You know, I, I just feel like he made a really good decision to come back to college because you look at the end of the 2021-22 season, he was a big reason why they performed so well in the Big Ten tournament, and he pretty much was the reason that they beat um, Foster Lawyer, uh, Davidson in the NCAA tournament, a pretty good Davidson team. So then they come back, and um, there was definitely some frustration from the fans with the win over Oakland, mainly because Oakland is a two-win team, and it looked like this Michigan State team had turned the corner in terms of turnovers. Um, They were averaging by far the fewest turnovers per game uh, in a Tom Izzo non-conference schedule that I've ever seen, which is really saying something when you consider who they've played and the fact that they don't have a whole lot of depth. But the turnovers were back. They turned the ball over 16 times Ooh. against Oakland. And there were a lot of times in the first half where they should have separated themselves, but then Oakland ended up taking a lead. Uh, but they they ended up hitting seven of their first eight three-point shots in the second half. So that's where... Michigan State took control, and there wasn't really any stats that jumped out super impressive. Like, 
Hogard had eight points, eight assists, and one turnover. That's probably a bright spot. Uh, Jaden Aiken's coming back and scoring 15 points, a career high for him. Hauser scoring 16. Going forward, I think Michigan State's definitely going to need some good injury luck to become the best version of themselves because I, I think Malik Hall is very important, but I think the most important player, in my opinion, is A.J. Hogard. He's, I don't think he'll be the sco- the leading scorer night in, night out. Like You might see it be Tyson Walker, Joey Hauser, or Malik Hall, but I think uh, A.J. Hogard's going to be the, the straw that stirs the drink. He's going to have to get everybody involved. And um, defensively, you know, he's a big guy. If he can limit his turnovers and then limit the, the – he's usually going to be guarding the other team's point guard. I think that's going to take a lot of burden off of guys like Tyson Walker to play their defense. But this is an exciting team, but <laughs> it can be frustrating too. And then you look ahead at the schedule – once you get past Buffalo and Nebraska at home, then it's Michigan at Wisconsin, at Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers at Indiana versus Iowa at Purdue, Rutgers at Madison Square Garden, then Maryland. Like you don't really play a bad team until Minnesota on February fifteenth. Yeah, and I don't. Besides Purdue, I don't know if there's an elite Big Ten team, but there's not really a lot of like crappy Big Ten teams, right? Like. Yeah, on paper, like, I think Michigan State should beat Michigan at the Breslin Center. I think Michigan State could go on the road and beat Wis- – they could win one of two against Wisconsin and Illinois. Uh, like, they could beat Rutgers. But, I mean – But Mich- I don't know. Like, it's it's hard to – Michigan and Michigan State are both in the 40s on Ken Palm, which bubble. Yeah. I mean, it's really early for that. But the, just I'm, – I'm saying bubble because that's usually what you think when you see. Right. Uh, Penn State's 34, Wisconsin's 35, Iowa's 37, Illinois's 31. But um, I don't want to keep, you know, just making yeah, a list. But that's just to show you. Um, though, I mean, I look up – I mean, not that that's great, but uh, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers yeah. are all between 19 and 23. Yeah. So, I mean, those are really good, but – that's like a four or five seed. Yeah. Indiana, they're going to be without their point guard, Xavier Johnson, for a while. So it's perfect time for Michigan to play them. I don't know where they are on the schedule, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need wins. Um, and then, like, the fact that Michigan State doesn't have to go to Rutgers, they will play Rutgers at Madison Square Garden. I think that's a winnable game, but Michigan State hasn't had good luck in Madison Square Garden the last, like, 10 years or so. Um. But, yeah, a lot of it depends which Michigan State team shows up, too, because, yeah, Purdue coming to the Breslin Center, if the right Michigan State team shows up, I could see them winning that. If the wrong Michigan State team shows up, I could see Foster Lawyer's younger brother torching Michigan State for 30 points, you know. So <laughs> um, there, there are certainly no guarantees with this team. Real quick, Michigan doesn't play Indiana until February 11th. February 11th. And then they close with them. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now I, th- I think he's out indefinitely. Xavier Johnson. Okay. Is, but I don't know what. That oh, is. they have Wisconsin ranked. Yeah, that's what I was saying too. I don't know about that. Like I, I think Maryland's a good team. That Michigan State only plays at the Breslin Center. Um, Maryland's like the third highest ranked uh, Big Ten team. Oh no, Ohio State is. Ohio State. 14th. Yeah. Ohio State's a team that Michigan State plays twice. So. I also don't think any of those teams are elite. They all seem like guy teams that would like, yeah, like come March, like 
Purdue, getting knocked out yeah. of the Sweet 16. Like, they're really good, but they're not like... Purdue oh. having Edie at the center, and then I wasn't sure what their guard position would be like, but, like, Fletcher Lawyer is making a good case for Big Ten Freshman of the Year. He's just shooting really well. Like, he's, he's what I really wanted Foster Lawyer to be. You know, I always talked about Foster Lawyer being good at all the basketball aspects except for he's just pocket-sized. Well, you know, Fletcher Lawyer... Although he's the younger brother, he is he is Big yeah. Ten sized foster lawyer. So <laughs> <laughs> Big Ten size. Uh, just while I have it up, I noticed I noticed this actually the other day when I was just out of curiosity. Purdue, despite you know being undefeated, they have them seventh on Ken Palm, which is nothing like bad, right? But you, uh, but they're you, number one in the AP poll. Yeah. So what, what what's UConn number two in the AP poll? Uh, yes. Okay, and then Houston. Those are like the three best teams in my eyes. Don't get me wrong. Tennessee, UCLA, Kansas, Texas, they've all looked good. I just might have them a little bit lower. I'm just looking because you have the Kempom rankings open. I have like uh, Kentucky 10, Gonzaga 11, Alabama 12. Like those are all teams Michigan State. That's kind of funny. They're all in a row too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, the Kentucky win for Michigan State continues. If if, I I was almost tempted to say that Penn State was Michigan State's best win because it was on the road. But Penn State really doesn't, even when they have a really good basketball team, they don't pack the gym there, which is unfortunate. Uh, but Kentucky continues well, to be. because they haven't had many. Yeah. <laughs> I like their coach a lot, though. Oh, uh, yeah, he Michael is. Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a place where Michigan State lost last year, too, which was kind of like a poor defining moment for Michigan State basketball in 2022, where they, they let a double-digit second-half lead slip against Penn State. And afterwards, Tom Izzo didn't make any of his players available to the media for the first time ever. Like that spoke volumes about what he thought about the mental makeup of his team, mm. I think. Um, so, yeah, that's that's another reason why the win at Penn State is impressive. But, again, like it's, it's going to be hard to gauge this team because you could see a damn good team every night. You could see a, a piss-poor effort yeah. every night. You know, <laughs> like I really thought – Turnovers might have been solved this year, and then you know, sixteen against Oakland, we'll see going forward. Did but, they just not give up? I don't think so. Like, I think they were excited to play because it was their first game in ooh eleven days, and you know, you're facing an old teammate in Rocket Watts mm. uh, on Oakland. He does that. Where you did he go so somewhere he, first? He went to Mississippi State, and then he ended up at Oakland. Um, I remember Mississippi State. How did he do there? I'm I think sorry. I think he got hurt. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he actually played at all. So that's why he's, you know, with the transfer portal, you can transfer once and play immediately. But if you transfer again, you have to sit out. I think he got a special waiver to play immediately this year, even though he was on his second transfer. So would Jalen Wilson be allowed to leave Kansas and come help my Michigan Wolverines? <laughs> <laughs> I think Jalen Wilson will leave Kansas to go to the NBA. Oh. Well, that doesn't Maybe. help my team, unless he ends up on the Pistons. Right. <laughs> um, I don't have too much else to say, but I think we're in for some rocky times, and um, you know. All right, you let's, wanna, let's roll. I was gonna. Do you want to talk football in another segment? No, no, no. I got time. Oh, okay. to, I got time to talk football. So okay. Just looking at Michigan State's 2023 football recruiting class, um, according to 24/7, when you take into account. Uh, high school recruits and transfers. It's the 21st overall recruiting class. Uh, they signed 15 letters of intent, including uh, the 
top JUCO guy, uh, Keyshawn Blackstock, which was a huge get for them. But just looking at the four highest ranked players in the in the recruiting class, it's clear that Michigan State has really emphasized defense, particularly the defensive line. By Job is the number one guy. He's a four-star uh, defensive end out of Oklahoma. He's at he's listed at 6'4, 215. Then you got Andrew DePape from Iowa, listed at 6'5, 245, a four-star. Jordan Hall from Florida, who was a three-time captain at the IMG Academy. He's a, a 6'2 linebacker. And then uh, Jalen Thompson, a local kid from Cast Tech, a uh, four-star defensive end, listed at 6'4, 245. Like, that's a big deal to emphasize the defensive line. And then their highest-rated offensive recruit was Stanton Rommel, a four-star offensive tackle from Alabama. So you look at the fact that they, they go into Florida, they go into – uh, Oklahoma, they go into Alabama and they get defensive players. Um, I, I think that's very significant for them. And then just going through the rest of the class, they signed some speed late in the class. Uh, I, I think it's pronounced Isaiah Johnson from Richmond, a wide receiver. Jalen Barberin is fast. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he. Like Jalen Naylor was a track star in high school, and you look at their times compared, and Jalen Barberin kills Jalen Naylor's time, and he's a he's coming in at running back, so that's a big deal for Michigan but State. They both could be fake times. They could be fake times. You know, you never know. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I just think all of them are fake until they like, until they get on campus, and because it's kind of it's kind of like being a hiring manager. Everyone's resume is fake somewhere. <laughs> I just think. <laughs> But Jalen, um, sorry, it's Jordan Naylor, right? Or Jalen uh, Naylor. Jalen Naylor was a fucking or a freaking. <laughs> 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 um, just looking at the rest of the class, I got a four-star tight end out of Dexter, Brendan Parachek. Uh, got Sam Leavitt as a quarterback, a four-star guy from Washington or from Oregon. Oregon I mean, uh, but he was committed to Washington State. And you look at that's well, that's oh there. Well, never mind. I don't want to bring that name up unless Mike Leach is coaching Washington yeah, State. Don't know that. Yeah, uh, but that's back to back years. Michigan State signed a four star quarterback in their class. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Like mm-hmm. you look at, I don't think Mark D'Antonio brought in a four star guy that ended up starting. Like I know he got Messiah DeWeaver, but he never played. Maxwell look, maybe. Maxwell might have been a four star. I know he was an Elite Eleven guy, but like. Cook was a three-star. I don't think Lewerke was a four-star. Uh, Peyton Thorne certainly wasn't. And um, so it's I, I think that's significant because you need talent in the quarterback room, and they, they upped it. And then, you know, Cole Dellinger, offensive lineman out of uh, – I, I just have an answer. Clarkston. Yeah. Scout had him as a three-star. Andrew Maxwell Rivals and ESPN had him as a four-star. So basically four-star. Yeah. So they, they hit areas of need. The defensive line – because I thought Michigan State's defensive line was adequate, but they were decimated by injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line, getting Blackstock, who's ready to play. Stanton Rommel, who might be ready to play. Uh, Dellinger might not be, but you give him a year, You know, he's a four-star talent and a local kid. That matters. And then they address the defensive backfield with uh, Eddie Pleasant, Sean Brown, and uh, Chance Rucker. And then you know, adding some speed on offense. That's, that's never a bad thing. And then uh, just quickly dipping into the transfers, they got um, – Before we oh, yeah, go, go there, ahead. okay, real quick. Um, 
Uh, Michigan State has uh, just this is just how Big Ten teams. Yeah. Second best quarterback come in uh, based on rankings. Yeah. So scouting rankings. They have. Okay, maybe not. Barbarin's right. not highly ranked. Real quick. Okay. Wow, I actually am surprised he's that low. Wow, the Big Ten loves them some tight ends because yeah. <laughs> both uh, Tonelli from Michigan and Parachek from Michigan State, I know, are highly uh, rated Big Tens teams. And it's not even Iowa that's above them. <laughs> Penn State got two tight ends. Penn there. State's making a push for being tight end you in the Big Ten, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely Iowa. But I, Penn State's being like. And Ohio State always gets one of the highest rated Yeah, Jelani ones. Thurman. But was, this was the first year they ever really yeah. used them in a long time. Um, offensive tackle, Michigan State has the second best one coming in. Uh, and if you want to say their names when I say it too, uh, Stan, Stan Rommel. Yep. And then, uh, okay, no interior offensive lineman. This is just the top six. Doesn't mean they don't have yeah. like, a great one. Best uh, edge player coming in by Job. Yep. Um, and then uh, defensive line. So that's defensive line, not counting edge, especially yeah. since edge guys sometimes play linebacker. Third and fourth best. Yeah, defensive line, uh, Andrew, um, uh, DePape, and then Jalen Thompson, much easier name this. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, second best linebacker coming in, Jordan Hall. Yep, out of all the big tens, and uh, they just got a commitment from another guy named Jalen Thompson, a 2024 cornerback. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's funny. So, they got a defensive <laughs> lineman named Jalen Thompson, and then a cornerback who spells it with a Y, uh, Jalen Thompson. <laughs> but I just I, I noticed that, uh, I think, yeah, I think, uh, they, uh, they were, they were rated the fourth best recruiting class in the Big Ten. I could be wrong. I think you're right. The twenty uh, first, Michigan's seventeenth overall. Um, Penn State's fifteenth, and then probably just Ohio State. Yeah, yep. there we go. And uh, you just look at like the recruiting rankings uh, disparity between the East and the West. I think that goes a long way in explaining why the West hasn't won a Big Ten championship game yet. Well, on that note, let me bring this up real quick. I, not that it's anything we didn't know, mm-hmm. but um, all right, look at these records. 13-0, and 11-1, 10-2. That's Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. State. Look over here. 8-5, and 8-4, 7-5, 8-4, 7. Like, it would be nice if um, – would have been a lot more interesting if this year you slid Purdue over to the Big Ten East and you added USC and UCLA to the Big Ten West. Oh, yeah. That would have been USC and UCLA this year. Yeah, because they both were a really good team. I think UCLA yeah. was 9-3 and three and USC was 11-2. and two. Uh, You look at the other transfers that Michigan State brought in. I brought up the junior college guy, uh, Keyshawn Blackstock, uh, who has a chance to start day one. They got a big defensive lineman uh, from the 2021 class coming – Coming over from Texas A&M, I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, Tumise Adelai. Uh, but he was one of the top-ranked transfers in the class. He's a defensive lineman. You look at uh, the fact that Chris Bogle is coming back on defense. Jacoby Winman and Aaron Brule are coming back on defense. Uh, they had a couple guys leave to go to the NFL. They had a couple guys leave to the transfer portal. But Alex Van Summeren is going to be back. Uh, Simeon Barrow's going to be back. Derek Harmon's going to be back. And then you add in Tunmise Adelai, a 6'4", 295 guy. Dre Butler, a 6'5", 280 guy. Uh, Jarrett Jackson from Florida State, 6'6", 308. And all of a sudden, like, that defensive line looks tough, uh, along with the talented freshmen that are coming in. So that's that's a reason for 
some optimism that maybe the defense can actually improve a little bit. Uh, but I know I've, I kind of mentioned that in the offseason this past <laughs> year too. And then um, Jaron Mangum was an interesting get because they got Nathan Carter from UConn to transfer in. Who I actually like. I, I mean, I saw. Yeah. I was I was real excited about that because then you think about Nathan Carter, Jalen Berger back for another year, Jalen Barberin, and I thought I thought that's a pretty solid running back room. They went out and they got Jaron Mangum from South Florida, a running back who played for Mel Tucker at Colorado, and his younger brother Jaden is a, a safety was a true freshman safety in 2022. Um, I just thought that was really interesting that they went out and got him. And, I just don't uh, think he was – I don't think the staff was happy with the running back output. Oh, no, for sure. Um, I saw – I mean, Nathan Carter, Michigan played UConn this year. And yeah. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people, despite the way the scoreboard was, a lot of Michigan fans thought Michigan maybe didn't play their best game, even though they – but UConn went to a bowl game. Right. Uh, and I think they won it. And I think some of those players were just a bit better than we thought. Because Nathan Carter, not that he, like, had a great game, but I think he did more than a lot of other running backs did to the Michigan's defense. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, so I just look at uh, all things considered. They also got a corner from Wisconsin, Samar Melvin, uh, a lot of tight ends in the transfer portal, and then a, a kicker from North Carolina, Jonathan Kim. I'm sure you're happy about that. <laughs> they, they just they address needs, and they – they definitely bolstered the talent level of the roster. And that's that's really what you want from a recruiting class uh, in this day and age. So uh, I think it's – I know he hasn't been around that long. I think it's only his third recruiting class, but I think it's the best of the three. Uh, even when you take into account that, you know, Kenneth Walker came in through the transfer portal, I think this is his best uh, – this is Tucker and Co.'s best class. And then getting uh, Brule and Winman back at linebacker – and also, you know, Darius Snow is going to come back from injury. Jeff Petrowski is going to come back from injury. Um, there's some reason for optimism that the defense is going to take a, another step. But uh, Stop see, throwing your towels at Jonathan Kim. He's the kicker, not the towel boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have too much else to say about Michigan State. but um, We can talk Michigan on the other side. talk Michigan on the other side. <laughs> All right, talking Michigan football, and we might get into a little bit of Michigan uh, hockey basketball if we have time. Um, but so much, but we'll, we should be recording a podcast early next week to talk basketball too and review the Fiesta Bowl. But uh, so much of Michigan's uh, season rides on whether or not they beat Ohio State. Even if they win the first 11 games this year, they had lost to Ohio State. I'm not sure they get that four spot like Ohio State did. Yeah. Um, so – I feel like the reason the last two years they've beaten Ohio State is the mentality has shifted. And as Michigan was building momentum in the game against Ohio State, there was a speech, and Bruce Feldman uh, posted the speech, and it came from Mike Sanderstill, who, of course, had an incredible had a game. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The fact that he was able to switch from being a wide receiver that got some playing time but wasn't a starter – to being a safety slash third corner and filling the role that Daxton Hill and Brad Hawkins had is part of the reason this Michigan State 
defense didn't take a Michigan step back. Def- or Michigan, Michigan defense. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell uh, I just spent the last 30 minutes talking about Michigan State. Um, <clears throat> but he gave an incredible speech. And this is when the game started, to, the momentum started to shift. Pointing across the field, um, Sanders still said, I want, and I'm going to try not to swear because there's a lot of swear words coming up. Uh, I want all you guys to take a look at their sideline. Look at them. They have their heads down. We know who the F they are. They're exactly who we thought they were. Let's keep our foot on the gas. Keep executing. Don't give them anything. Keep taking everything. Y'all want to win the natty? It starts right now. Mike Barrett uh, was right there and staring at his teammates and beating his chest. He piped up. We control our destiny. We've been talking about this S since January. What the F we want to do? Man, this S is right (laughs) in our effing hands. Go out there and keep playing and finish that S. Sanderson, Sanders still then finished uh, right before the defense took the field. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, hey, D on me. D on three. Woo! One, two, three. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Bruce Feldman spelled it, and this is probably the way it was said. One, W-U-U-U-N. He spelled it phonetically the way he said it. But speaking to Athletic, uh, Sanders still was asked about the speech. And he says, sharks can always smell blood in the water. In that moment, the Buckeyes were vulnerable. And I've watched that game three times now. <laughs> and you can tell, like, they lost last year. And they came out in that game. And they were the better team in the first quarter. And even in the second quarter, it was close. But the Buckeyes seemed to be playing the better game. And they once that second half got going... They were. It just felt like they were like, oh, oh here yeah. it is again. Yeah, here it is, and that 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 was something that Michigan would, had been trying to do for twenty years. Like you know, they won in 03, but you know, even though they were favored in 04, Ohio State just took the game right back. Yeah, you know, in 2011 they beat Luke Fickle, but then once Urban Meyer came in, it's like, nope, was, they didn't it shifted. Yeah. They didn't let Michigan take the momentum. It was one and done, and then they won for ten straight years, and now it feels like. Michigan has it, um, and that's the mentality. And uh, back-to-back ten, Big Ten championships, it's like Michigan's conference now. And if they have a really good team next year, you know, they're going to get everyone's best shot, and that's going to be the goal is to win the Big Ten again. Yeah. But speaking of Big Ten championships, I was at the game, and I know when you brag or humble brag, no one <laughs> thinks it's cool. They just hate you. They hate you for going. But I don't care. I'm so glad I went. I'm glad I got the experience. And – um, I, I, a few weeks before that, about three or four weeks before that, I started a new job. And I have to tell you that Friday I was exhausted <laughs> and as exhausted as I was. And, you know, I had work to do before going to Indianapolis. I had to find dog sitters and go way out yeah. and all that. So it was like, I had, I didn't have a lot of downtime before that. Uh, but I made my way to Indianapolis that Saturday. Um, you can imagine it was crazy there. Oh, yeah. uh, we get we're supposed to be checked into our hotel at three. We get there early at two thirty, just because that's the time we got there, and we didn't get checked in until four. We had a wait <laughs> hour to have, and we kind of wanted a nap before we headed down to Lucas Oil Stadium. But um, it never stopped being fun. I wasn't there was no uh you know uh, unhappiness in my I just I just rolled with it. I was like, yeah. Oh well, you know I'm gonna sit in this lobby and I'm gonna watch. TCU and K-State, of course, have no idea that's that TCU <laughs> that was, was going to be Michigan's next game. Yeah. Like, no frowns for me. And um, you're friends with me and my wife on social media. As you saw, my wife posted a video while we were waiting for our room at the hotel. 
I struck up a, a conversation with an employee at the hotel right there in the lobby. <laughs> and as my wife says, I can like sniff out other sports fans. <laughs> I can just tell. Um, I got a radar for this stuff. It's like I started doing the Paul Bunyan podcast spinoff right there. He was an Ohio State fan of Indiana. He's also a fan of the Colts and the Pacers. Uh, but, of course, he's not going to be a fan of Purdue or Indiana football. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he wasn't a fan of Notre Dame. Um, but we chatted up sports while watching TCUK State. And I guess since he's an Ohio State fan, hit our spinoff podcast can be the game podcast. <laughs> it's coming soon, the Paul Bunyan Podcast Network. Right. The, <laughs> the Paul Bunyan Cinematic Universe. <laughs> He was so down that I'm not like a Lions fan. He was like, you gave up. I'm like, I gave them a chance. Like from 1991 until probably like 2014 or 15, I was a fan. Like 25 That's years. generous timing. Yeah. yeah. And of course, once I'm like, oh, they might be all right. They lose to the Panthers. But anyway, let's talk to the football. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was probably 80% Michigan fans, despite Purdue's campus being about an hour from the stadium. Um, and there was a there was a time walking the streets. I thought it was 100%. But it took a while. And then, like, because it's kind of supposed to be split half and half. Yeah. They really just had, like, <laughs> this corner in the end zone. <laughs> like, and I was like, okay, it's not 90 or 100% Michigan fans. They probably have but 20%. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was vast majority Michigan yes. fans there. And it looked it looked that way. Uh, based, I, I, I happened to have, like, a lot of friends who were going to the game <laughs> that, uh, like, yeah, posted videos from their social media. And it was like panoramic views of the stadium and it was mostly blue and think about this they're probably on the michigan side so if you could get the uh view of the michigan side you're you don't see any Purdue fans there (laughs) so that's like they're probably showing a picture or mostly you know you're looking out you're looking at the Purdue side which was mostly michigan fans (laughs) and it it was just so nice it's actually I, i didn't realize it it's the first football game i had been to in eight years it wasn't your last one, uh, Brady the last, last home game. game, yeah, for Brady senior Hill. day, good times. Where I was kind of hoping they would lose to Maryland, and they did, yeah, because that meant they could hire Harbaugh before bowl season ended. Yeah, they could do it once the NFL would, season. Yeah, because you knew they weren't, they probably weren't going to go in and beat Ohio State the next week. No, no, and <clears throat> oh, I guess if they would have beat, I did root for them. For, for Ohio State. Oh yeah, of course. But uh, <laughs> and and before Drake Johnson got hurt, they like, had a chance. Yeah, I, I thought that was good. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that was my last experience because I don't go to Lions games. I've been to like a yeah. bunch of you. You have Michigan basketball season tickets, mm-hmm. and even though even though Michigan State basketball is my first love, I go to lots of Michigan State football games. They're just easier to get to. You always know it's going to be on a Saturday, maybe a Friday if it's the first game. So like. I go to so many Michigan State football games, but I don't get out to that many basketball games. Whereas you're kind of vice versa. Yes. Well, that yeah, that's funny. But even though I I go to like one or two basketball games. Yeah. You. I mean, I feel like weekend would be convenient for you. Yeah. It's tough, like especially oh, when yeah. I worked a little bit later. Getting to Michigan in uh, basketball was tough to get there early and even on time. And like so often, the first TV timeout or even the second one. That's when like Chrysler really starts filling up because you gotta think about it. Everyone going to a game doesn't live in Ann Arbor, and even if you do, or work in Ann Arbor, and even if you do, it's hard to be there. Yeah, especially with FS1 now starting their games at six thirty, 
Yeah, you know, it's yeah. weird times. But it, it, uh, sorry, not not so. And as a bigger guy, but, like the big house isn't always very comfortable for me. Sometimes yeah. crowds. I've even, been I've been to one game at the big house, and I wasn't super comfortable with the seating. And and the, and then the other thing is, I mean, this isn't my therapy session, and I even <laughs> had a, let it out. Uh, crowds, huge crowds, can kind of make me. I don't get it as much at basketball games, yeah. even Pistons ones. I mean, there's a difference between you know like. 16,000 and 110,000. And I, what, what does Lucas Oil hold? I want to say it's like 70. I think so. It was a lot there, too. And, like, I got it a little bit. But don't get me wrong. No frowns. It was all it was all good vibes. No anxiety. It, it, I didn't let myself get like that. And I do want to say, <laughs> this might be sacrilegious to say as a sports fan, Uh-oh. though I've heard other ones say it. For football, TV experience might be better than live. Ooh. I love going to football games. There's okay. so many timeouts. There are. There, yeah. It's such a chore to get to the bathroom. The food's like really jacked I might, up. I might be the opposite. I prefer to experience a football game live. And even though I like going to basketball games, to me, like a basketball game might be better on TV than in the crowd. I that might it. be where we differ. Yeah, I do. I, I, I love basketball. I, I love every sport better live. In person, except for oh, hockey. Hockey, the difference between watching lot in person is so different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm kind of. I don't care. Opposite. I don't care. Hockey enthusiasts, yeah. bring back the glow puck. I'll be out. I'll be out at Spartan Stadium. Like I was at the Indiana game this year, and like, I'll like I'll be at those those shit weather games. Sorry to curse, but like, and it's, it kind of okay, like makes it. Sanders, <laughs> it kind of makes it more fun one. too. Like uh, the Penn State game to end last year, where it was like snowing, and it's it just kind of like I don't know. We're getting off topic, but I I'm kind of the opposite, but I get it. They really pump so many TV timeouts. You yeah. don't have the best view always. I don't know. I do. I I, I love my there was the, the TV is caught up, and now I think it's surpassed. And then uh, and then the freaking networks getting so greedy. And yeah. of course, with the Big Ten championship game. Both halftime and the commercial breaks are even longer. We got to our car 45 minutes after our, our reservation ran out. We were Ooh. supposed to get there by midnight. Of course, they didn't ticket anybody. That's good. And the other thing, too, is, like, of course, mostly Michigan fans stayed. But Purdue fans leaving didn't really thin the didn't herd too much because yeah. <laughs> they only made up for 20%. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong, though. I still like football live. It's just, there. Were, I mean, there was a, more than a few reasons I hadn't been to a game in eight years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I wonder what it would have been like if Purdue had a more impressive season because they came they in kinda, the yeah. conference eight and four. And I, I love how uh, ever since – you know, so many conferences have started doing the championship games. How many, like, just yeah, like all, not really awesome matchups they've all had. All year it was like Illinois is going to the Big Ten Championship. Illinois is going. Illinois is going. And then the last two weeks it's like, oh, no, I, I, I guess Purdue's going. I, I never was totally sold that Illinois was going to go. Like, not at least not until, like, several weeks in. Yeah. I knew Purdue and Iowa and other teams kind of had a shot, at- too. When Michigan State went there, I was pretty convinced that they were going to win the West. And then Michigan State beat them, and I was like, "That that's around the time I I was like totally on board." But like before that, I wasn't. It was like, but I just like all like just uh, all across the board. There tends to be a lot of crappy yeah. <laughs> conference championship games, and I I do think uh, the pod 
uh, scheduling they're going to probably switch to as these conferences grow will help. Because yeah. you're not just taking a group of six or seven teams and then putting it up against the best of this six or seven. Like, no no wonder the Big 12s had one of the better, like, championship games, like, several years right. back. They just picked the two best teams. Right. And, uh, and everybody plays each other in that conference because mm-hmm. it's so small. That's also one of the reasons I didn't have a problem with TCU uh, getting into the it's, playoff. It's, it's hard not to beat only the they, same team twice. Yeah, they had already beat K-State, who's a good team. Uh, also, Big 12, kind of like Big 10 basketball. They might not have a lot of elite teams, but it's like so many of their teams are good. And if Kansas hadn't lost their starting quarterback in week, week six when they were still undefeated, who knows what their team might have looked like. Oklahoma State, too. That's why they fell off. They lost their starting quarterback. Yeah. Anyways, I know Purdue's more of a basketball school, and Michigan travels really well, but I'm still curious if, like, Purdue had one double-digit games, if if uh, they would have had more fans there. Um, Lucas Oil Stadium is sweet. I had a hell of a time watching – a hell of a good time watching the game with the fans. Uh, a few weeks removed from the game, I still remember the atmosphere – yeah. Uh, the area around the game, like my wife and I want to go to Minneapolis again. So that means Michigan has to win the Big Ten East again next year. You go to the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> That's true. Or we could just go in like April. Where are you going for vacation? Minneapolis. Why? <laughs> Don't you know South Beach exists? Or, <laughs> But it was just a good experience. It was nice uh, seeing Will Johnson step up. Uh, at this point in the season, he's not just a freshman. He has a year of experience under his belt. It really just helps that secondary be stronger. Um, it'll be interesting to see Michigan's um, secondary up against TCU's uh, air raid offense. They average 266 yards passing a game. And I love that Max Duggan. Um, I was rooting for him in that title game. He was so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, another thing I really remember is that musical chairs play when Michigan went for it on two. It was both hilarious and a chef's <laughs> kiss. <laughs> I really, really wanted to go last year, and I was kind of bummed that I missed it, but I was still happy for the team. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Being able to go this year, I'm so glad I experienced it. And and a little bit more of an interesting game because, while I never thought Purdue was going to win. They never, like – it wasn't a blowout like last year. Yeah, it was a one-point game at half. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely jealous. That's that's one that's been on my bucket list. Like, uh back when Michigan state was going every other year to the big 10 championship game, I thought it would happen for me. Um, like I don't really have the desire to go to a final four game uh, unless, you know, it's, it's coming back to Detroit in a few years. I saw that. If state but, was you know, there, like, would you want to go? Well, like that's the thing is like, I oh, look yeah. at ticket prices when state goes to the final four and they're like so expensive and it's in an NFL stadium. What are you really going to be able to see? But yeah, the big true. 10 championship game is like, it's so special. Like I've always, it's actually to to built. That for the yeah. sport that's being played. Uh, 2023 Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament is in Chicago, not Indy this year, unfortunately. Uh, um, Chicago's a fun city. Yeah. But Michigan, it was just a consistency uh, throughout the game. Like you, you mentioned, Purdue didn't show up uh, just as a participant. Like they, they played hard. They scored in every quarter, which not every team did against Michigan this year. Uh, but the difference is, you know, like I think Purdue got a touchdown and then all field goals the rest of the way. Yep. Whereas Michigan is like seven points in the first, seven in the second, then fourteen, then fifteen. You know, that's that's, that's the difference. All my, all Purdue could do was pass, which you know that's half the game on offense. But once it was like their game, their their offense looked for, they could get yards between the twenties, 
But once it like they got down there and they could really clamp down and they couldn't just throw some of those passes and they maybe had to keep the defense honest yeah. or and it, it at that I, point it, they had to settle. I know Jeff Brown's out at Louisville now, but I have questions about you know being down by 17 with five minutes left and kicking a field goal. Oh, well, I mean that's that's kind of nitpicking. I you love are this kind play of calling. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that I have an issue with is like you're down by 17. He was going for it yeah. on fourth and short. Um, I think they onside kicked it at mm-hmm. one point. I know you you still be down by two scores, but I think they faked at one point. Yeah. He was definitely going for the win. Um, I don't how much time was left at that point. Five oh seven. It says. Oh yeah. So it's I like, mean, it's kind of over at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's it's nitpicking. That's the only thing where I'd be like, just just go for and it. He, and Louisville's lucky that he's alum. I'm not yeah, sure. He already turned him down once. Yeah, I'm not sure he makes that jump if he doesn't have like a special place in his heart for it. He might yeah. have gone to Cincinnati instead if uh, all things being equal. But, of course, that's where Louisville's coach went. <laughs> and they played each other in a bowl game. Oh, did they already? Yeah. Who won? I, I need to know that. I, th- I, I want to think say, Louisville won. Did both, did both of the new coaches coach? I I haven't been paying attention that much. Let me see. None of us have. Oh, yeah. Louisville won 24-7. Oh, wow. Okay. Can you look up? Can you see who coached while I uh... – <laughs> yeah. I need to know now. This is very important. Um, but, yeah. And, and by the way, as much fun as I had in Indy, I'm jealous some of my family members are going to a Fiesta Bowl. That is fun. Speaking of which, we can talk about that too. Um, after being banged up, Mike Morris is good to go in the Fiesta Bowl. So that'll be great. Excited. He's probably he's probably the best player on a very good defensive line. Um, sounds like uh, Michigan will be out three of their wide receivers, or possibly because they've missed playing time and practice. So that, so it's not like they're ruled out. But Andrew Anthony, AJ Henning, and Walker. Um, it sounds like Blake Corum will miss the rest of the season. Yeah, he had to get surgery on his. But uh, he was supposed to be out like eight weeks, especially. But if Michigan makes it to a championship game, that would have been, been about seven and a half. So some fans were like crossing their fingers, like, would he make yeah. it? But it sounds like he might be coming back next year. There's some whispers and some insiders saying like he's 70% leaning towards coming back. Mm-hmm. And there was rumors that Mich- Michigan was going after Wisconsin's running back in the transfer Braylon portal. Allen. And yeah. now it sounds like they might not. Cause well, Allen, Allen said he's coming back to Wisconsin. But he said that before Leonard was fired. I thought he said it after. Well, I mean, he might have well, Leonard, Yeah. But I'm saying before the burners of uh, Quorum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, like, he was asked about that because those rumors started in, like, early November. Right, but when then the, Leonard when the was, other guy fired. was fired. Yeah. yeah, well, he was one of the guys who wasn't happy that um, what's his face, uh, Paul Chris got fired. But Leonard's also a Paul Chris guy. Yeah, so there's there's no bad blood there. Actually, now there's probably if anything bad blood uh, between Chris Leonard and was at Wisconsin. So I, I could I know Dion Branch coached Louisville. I don't know who coached Cincinnati in that game. Okay, but I don't th- I don't think it was the new coach. But since I, I I don't know about Cincinnati going after uh, what's it? Uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. Uh, I don't know about Cincinnati getting that coach from Louisville. Like I mean, he did okay. They would have been better off getting Leonard or uh, Brom. Yeah, not saying they could get them, but anyways, uh, TCU has the 66 best rushing defense in the country. 
I wish I could get some more smart stats and stuff. That's just or like how they rank among power five. That could be interesting too. But that points towards a Michigan advantage. Uh, it will be interesting if TCU is just happy to be there, which I kind of thought Michigan was last year. It kind of felt like, oh, we beat Ohio State. We got the Big yeah, Ten Championship. We got to the playoff. Like, there's a difference between getting to the playoff and then, like, being someone who thinks they can actually win the playoff. Yes. And, by the way. I, and Georgia was on a mission last year. They're not the same team this year. No, I don't think they're quite as talented as they no, were last that year. That defense was I still think ridiculous. they're probably the best team in the country. Yeah. But uh, also, I like that last year, Corum, J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards. Was it Mike Moore? There was, and there was a fourth player. Watched Georgia celebrate last year. And yeah. They were, and they all said, we're going to be here next year. I think year. I remember Anthony being on the field. It might have been Andrew Anthony. It actually sounds right. So I lo- I think this year Michigan's going to be ready to go. Um, luckily, I don't think that will be a problem for Michigan this year. Um, TCU has the number six offense, a balanced attack, and they run air raid. Michigan, on the other hand, has the seventh best offense. So similar, but however, TCU's overall defense is 58th, where Michigan's fifth. Yeah. Um, if TCU falls behind, that is where Michigan really can start to do their damage. They like to control time of possession. Yeah. They like to keep running it. Um, at that point, your TCU, which averages over 200 yards rushing and 266 passing, their balance attack is just going to be throwing. And once Michigan knows what you're going to do, it's, hard. it's yep. easier to stop. Yep. This is a game I'd advocate for if Michigan wins the toss, take the ball. Because, you know, like, Lots of coaches, but Jim Harbaugh especially, like they run those first like twelve to fifteen scripted plays really well. You get the ball first, you score a touchdown, like you said. TCU falls behind, like even even if it's seven nothing in the first quarter, like you could start to see it a different plan than like if if TCU gets the ball first, gets a good drive and punts. Like you know, it's kind of. I'm pretty do. sure the opposite happened when they played Ohio State. They like let Ohio State have the ball, and I think Ohio State went down and scored a touchdown right yeah. away. And it was like, why didn't you, like... But I think sometimes... Did they win the toss in that game? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's not something I paid, like, a whole lot of attention to, so I yeah. could be getting it wrong. But I also think, like, the other mindset, and I'm not saying I agree with it, I think I lean towards what you just said. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when the defense goes out there and plays well, the offense feeds off that. Yeah, I think so. I'm Obviously, like, it doesn't play too much of a factor into the game if the two teams are like really evenly matched uh but there have been a lot of times where like state goes on the road like particularly the ohio state and the washington game they won the toss like all week they've been talking about like being ready to go and then like they win the toss and they defer it's like if you know your offense is the better unit which it might not have been this year but at the time we thought it was like take the ball try to score and like control like set the tone yeah in both games, Ohio State and Washington went right down the field, scored a touchdown. The offensive game plan is then a lot different than what it would have been. So. I do think Michigan. Uh, I, I, I do think a lot of coaches like to score right before the half. Yeah, and then know they're Try getting to do the, the ball. two for one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they really screwed the Dolphins on Christmas Day. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I see. Uh, <laughs> I see Michigan's favored by seven and a half on most sites. I think I like them by ten. 
I'm just going to throw out a prediction. Michigan 34, TCU 24. Yeah. I, I won't be surprised if it's tied or close at half, and then Michigan just wears them down in the second half and wins by 10. Yeah, I, I think Michigan wins by double digits. I do, I, I do like that there's something to be said about a team that doesn't lose a lot, and I know that could be said for both teams. Um, but TCU, you just look at their schedule, and it's like they are an impressive team. And I think that offense is potent and, yeah. and probably underrated. Uh, Max Duggan wasn't even the starter on day one. Right. It was uh, some kid named Morris. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I like their character. This is a team. A lot of people thought this was going to be Baylor or Oklahoma or Texas. Yeah. Um, but Sonny Dykes was coaching SMU last year, you know. <laughs> um, and I think – that's right, right? Yeah, this is his first year. Yeah. And SMU had a good year, but kind of fell off at the end. And there was jokes like, uh, are we sure that Patterson's not a better coach than Dykes? <laughs> and then uh, he showed it like, yeah, TCU. Um, I really – I think Michigan needs to match that bi- mindset. I began this whole thing about mentality. They need the same mentality. Oh, yeah. Uh, real quick, I really like uh, Michigan's uh, recruiting class. There was times where it didn't look great. Um, I think um, – you look at the guys who decommitted from Michigan State and Michigan, and that's a really good class. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Um, I definitely think Michigan's bringing in a lot better players than they're losing. Um, you know, and they're losing some good ones. George Rooks is a defensive lineman I really like, but when he's ninth on the depth chart because you have so many good defensive linemen, like I can, I get it. You know? Yeah. Uh, but seventeenth when you uh, include both. Um, the guys coming in and the transfer, second best transfer uh, class according to twenty four seven. There's a great chance that their offensive line next year is going to be really good. Uh, maybe not as good as this year because yep. they're losing and that's their why center. Blake Horn will come back. Yeah, yeah. And then you have him and Edwards. You got Cole Cabana. They got some other running backs this year. They got some playing time that didn't look bad at all. I yep. uh, got JJ McCarthy. Um, yeah, it's. They're going to be really good. Um, uh, I think what really hurt them was who was the quarterback out of uh, Michigan that's like a five-star? Dante Moore? Dante Moore. He's going to UCLA. Yeah. And then uh, CJ Carr is headed to Notre Dame. I think uh, Dante Moore uh, not wanting to go to Michigan, Harbaugh flirting with the NFL, kind of made this recruiting class come out to a slow start. Mm -hmm. But they've actually – I always expect they go pretty well. I always expect Michigan to be in the top fifteen, and they're like right there. Yeah, I know uh, Hill was a signing day get. That was a pretty good one. Um, Jair Hill mm-hmm. uh, committed, signed on signing day. Um, you know, there were a lot of guys like Cameron Calhoun, who the weekend of the Ohio State game made their decision. Carmelo English is a big one that signed like. I think on signing day or not long after. Mm-hmm. I think their third and fourth best uh, recruits, according to 24-7, both recently yeah. committed. Um, they got a couple really good, uh, highly rated uh, offensive linemen out of Stanford. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's uh, what could have been bad. It's, it's solid. Yeah, and then if they get Jada Davis out of North Carolina, that would really do a lot for their 20-24. Do the opposite get off to a fast start, and you could really – especially, you know, two two Big Ten championships in a row and two college playoff appearances in a row, you could really get some momentum. Yeah. And, and the fact that they uh, didn't let Ohio State take the momentum back and they beat them this year, that's why you start seeing things uh, 
change for them in Ohio, which they haven't been able to recruit uh, since not long after Trestle was hired. 20 straight years, they haven't recruited Ohio as well as they uh, once did. And, yeah. Um, real quick, Michigan and Michigan State split in hockey a couple weeks ago, each one in their home uh, game. And uh, Michigan basketball loses close to all of the good teams they play, and they win close against all the poor <laughs> teams they play. But I'll, I'll talk more about that in like four or five days. Um, please rate us, uh, subscribe to us. We're on all the good podcatcher apps, and all the ones we're not on, those ones 